There's one flock and one shepherd. And I belong to the Father, and they belong to me. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. These words are from today's Gospel of John. I know that uh, it's getting more and more difficult to uh, live because powers that we not control are taking over our country. And uh, they're influenced by the evil one. But that doesn't mean you should lose heart. So I want to talk about your heart. The place that God lives in you is in your heart. You have faculties that make you able to walk and talk and do all these wonderful things, gifts from God. But you have the power of the virtues that reside in your heart to have faith, to love God, and do what's right. And we must make every effort to do what's right so that we can be that flock which is mentioned in the gospel today. Remember the other gospel that says, many are called, but few are chosen. But we are the chosen one. We're baptized, chrismated, and we see the body and blood of the Lord in the Holy Eucharist. We are holy people set apart by God, and we're a treasure to him. I saw a picture of our Lord in a magazine I was reading, and he was standing looking at the world, and he was smiling. And I said, that sort of was quizzical to me. And so I read the article and everything like that. But he sees those who are in opposition to his will. He sees those who are faithful to the Holy, One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. And that's what we're celebrating today, the Council of Nicaea, which met in 325. At that council, the fathers, along with the emperor, made sure the purity of the Catholic faith would be preserved. And so they met in council, the first really council, except the council of uh, the apostles that ever met at the church. And we believe the Holy Spirit was with them. So it said beautiful things. There are 20 canons from this council, and it's 325. One of them said that we should go to church on Sunday. There, you can read the 20 other 20 councils, councils yourself from the canons of that council. They were very desirous to keep the church pure and the Catholic faith pure. So I read the lives of the saints. I don't remember just ones it was, but some of them had a tablet made of silver or gold, and they took the teachings of the Council of Nicaea, the Creed, which we'll say in a little bit, and they had it engraved there, and they wore it it over their heart. That that creed should be in their heart, and they should know all that creed and live by it, the Nicene Creed. In the Eastern Church, Byzantine Church, it's the only creed. We don't have any other creed. There are other creeds from Western councils, 
they usually repeat what's said in the Nicene Creed, but they think that's the thing to do. Now that creed is the formula for heaven. You say your rosary, I know you say the Apostles' Creed sometimes, but you should say the Nicene Creed. That's the oldest one. The Apostles' Creed is the baptismal creed from North Africa. It's okay. But that, what they were saying to us by doing that, that this should be written in your heart, all those teachings. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, all that. Now why is that? Very safe in the Holy Spirit and the teachings of the creed and the sacraments which the apostles have given to us and we are assured that we're on the right road. Now fortunately, many Catholics listen to the popular culture and they're, they're just one foot in the leg in one leg in the church and the other in hell. Now if they slip, where are they going to go? Thank God for the sacraments, they can get to confession, but they, after a while they become hardened in their sins. And it's hard to deal with that. I saw that many times. I saw many young children in some of the parishes I was pastor where they were very good when they were children, and then they would grow up and they would fall out of the church. Some came back and I asked their parents, where are you going to church? They said, well, I'm, excuse me, where are you going to school? Where would you send the children? Well, they're in the public schools. Public schools uh, teach what the popular culture tells them to and they say, well, religion is just a, you know, there are various cults. We're not a cult. We are the church founded by Jesus Christ and the will of God the Father. We are God's own church. And Jesus said in the gospel today, I and the Father are one, and you are in me, so you two are in the Father. This week we're celebrating the ascension. Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, body, soul, into heaven. And where did he go? He went up and sat right down at the right hand of God the Father Almighty with his human body. Now that's very significant. That means someday, the second coming, we will rise up too and our body will be restored to us and body and soul will go into the heavenly kingdom. He's the firstborn of many brothers, it says in scripture, if we follow the way. In the early church, those Christians who kept the Nicene Creed and frequented the sacraments were called the followers of the way. Well, where is the way leading us to? To the heavenly kingdom. This is a temporary place. But even while we're here, we can make it a better place if we live a prayerful life and, you know, repeat the gospel to people. Christ is risen. And we will rise too if we do his holy will. That means keep the Ten Commandments, keep the Beatitudes and the teachings of the Gospel. There was a monk, an early monk, Anthony, and uh, his parents uh, predeceased him and they left him a small fortune. And he had a brother-in-law he said, well, I'll take care of the money for you. 
You take care of your own money. Don't give it to people. And uh, so he gave it to him. He trusted him. And when he became of age, he didn't give him the money. So he was left the pauper. But his parents had given him something. They had given him a gospel book, which he carried everywhere. And so he took his gospel book. He didn't go to court. He didn't know about that, maybe. And he went out into the desert. And he was, became a desert father, a very famous one. But Comius would be his friend, another desert father. And he would say, I never met a monk until I saw Anthony in his hole in the ground, his cave, where he prayed insistently. He was there all the time. I don't know how he ate or did anything, but he prayed. And to this day, his memory is remembered in the liturgy as an example of ascetical living and the prayer life. That's our life. That's the life of a Christian. Everything else is optional. But to do God's will is holy. And it makes you holy. And you do God's will, it sanctifies you. Because you're cooperating with the life-giving trinity. Now Jesus on the cross came up today in the liturgy. Jesus on the cross, yes, he suffered, but he was beautiful. Great energy of sanctity came out of him, the divine energies. And he was glowing when these energies came out from the Father through the Son to the world. And those who were standing nearby witnessed this. His mother was there. The holy women were there, and others not mentioned. John, the beloved disciple, a teenager, was there. These people were filled with the light and life of grace. That's what we're here for. To prepare for the way. The light and life of grace. So when you pray, go into your heart. You can do that if you stay close to our Lord through confession and the Holy Sacrament of the Eucharist, being faithful to liturgy. How do we understand the liturgy? Only through praying over it, so when we come to church, then it lives. And that gives us light and life from the sacred liturgy, the Eucharist. Very important. Now, so Pacomius, you know, maybe he only got to Anthony. Maybe he didn't probably got in the early church. It was hard to get to the Eucharist, you know, because everything was under persecution. But Constantine came on the scene, the emperor. He had a problem. His whole empire was breaking up into all these pagan cults, just like America. But he was smarter than most Americans. He went... He went and he talked to the apostles. He knew of them, or their successors, the successor of the apostles, the fathers. And he, on his deathbed, he became a Christian. He dressed in white clothes and laid down on a white couch and was baptized. In the meantime, 
He had promulgated the Nicene Creed from the Council. The book come after him. He'd had that creed from the apostles. He didn't have the Nicene text. And with that, he converted the empire to Christianity. It was like a miracle. It was like in four years, the whole empire was converted. That's a miracle. Now we're struggling. But we are strong. Let's face it. Who's on the side of the pagans? The evil one. Who's on our side? Jesus Christ, the Father, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the angels and the saints. We have the army. We All we have to do is tell people about it and pray ourselves. Not just once in a while. It says in Scripture, pray always. So you can say that Jesus' prayers, you breathe. You read your scriptures. You can pray over them so you, and the Holy Spirit will come into your heart and you will teach, he will teach you the meaning of these scriptures. And then you will become a source of edification and evangelization to your neighbor. Then we can change the world. But if we just hide our light under the bushel, as they say in scripture, we're, wasting, we're spinning our wheels. Don't complain about the situation we find ourselves in. Change it by your life and your words and the beauty of your life and your children and your family in living the holy Catholic faith. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.